Hey, Jackie and John here. We wanted to reach out before beginning this episode on Mount Rushmore to be sure to clarify a few things. So we recorded this episode way back in June because we recently moved and are currently in quarantine. More on that in the coming episodes. We do our best to make it clear in this episode that Mount Rushmore has a complex history, and there are some awful aspects to that history. We believe learning about those terrible things is the first step toward preventing them in the future. We have been aiming to create a podcast that is less timely and more timeless, but we do want to say that the whole Cozy Nook Explorers team supports mask wearing in public spaces and at public gatherings to help stop the spread of the coronavirus. It is the kind thing to do, and we are huge fans of kindness. We hope that you are staying safe and doing everything you can to help keep your community safe. All right, well, I think that's it. On to the show. The Cozy Nook Explorers. I'm Jackie. And I'm John. And we are the Cozy Nook Explorers. Welcome to our show, where we explore the world from our cozy nook here in New Jersey using the power of the internet. Yes, and it's Wednesday, which means it's time for another exploration. This week, we are going to Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. I've never been to South Dakota. Have you, John? I have not. Well, we're going today. So, uh, before we get into that, uh, Jackie, what is keeping you cozy? Well, what's keeping me cozy this week is 10 deep breaths. You know, I really do think that taking 10 deep breaths is pretty much a cure for overwhelm any time. It's not a cure for everything, obviously, but whenever I'm feeling stressed or anxious, it just really helps to just stop and take 10 deep breaths. I love this little passage by Leo Babauta, who writes a blog, Zen Habits. So on the blog, he says, breathe. If you feel overwhelmed, breathe. It will calm you and release the tensions. If you are worried about something coming up or caught up in something that already happened, breathe. It will bring you back to the present. If you are moving too fast, breathe. It will remind you to slow down and enjoy life more. Breathe and enjoy each moment of this life. They're too fleeting and too few to waste. Now question, do you close your eyes when you take 10 deep breaths? It depends. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Kind of depends where I am. If I am on the subway in New York City, I close my eyes. If I'm in nature, I don't close my eyes. And I think you can figure out why. <laughs> now, uh, do you prefer dry heat or humid heat for your breathing? Ooh, that is interesting. So I actually don't know if I prefer heat. I prefer when the temperature is more moderate, like maybe about 60 degrees Fahrenheit, somewhere in there. So I would say neither, and I would actually rather a nice crisp fall day for breathing. Yeah. So John, what's keeping you cozy this week? What's keeping me cozy this week uh, are big old trees. <laughs> they always have so much character to them. Um, and usually in my somewhat limited experience, larger, older trees are more likely to have adorable things living in them. Oh, this is very, very true. So what is the oldest tree you've ever seen? Uh, a petrified wood at Disneyland. I yeah, it, I mean, it's not technically a tree, but uh, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Oh, Disneyland, that's great. <laughs> what is the biggest tree you've ever seen? 
the giant redwoods of California. Um, I haven't seen the redwoods yet. They are something else. Mm. The, the fact that you can drive through a tree, like they, they cut out a space within one of those, these trees that you can drive through. No, they didn't. Yes. It, it, what? It, it, uh, it is something to uh, behold. Um, so, uh, shall we begin our exploration of, uh, Mount Rushmore? I think I need a moment to just think about how you can drive through a tree, but I can do that during our little break. Yeah. Well, you can also stare at a mountain of people. True. <laughs> so. All right. You know what? Let's do both. Let's yeah. go. So. Mount Rushmore is in the Black Hills of Keystone, South Dakota. There are so many stories about this place. The story of a mining town. The story of a son taking over construction for his father. Story of ambition. And compromise. And the story of a baseball team. But I think we should start with the story of a lawyer. Okay, I see where you're going here. So... Charles E. Rushmore was a lawyer and a businessman. He came out to South Dakota in 1885. He came to South Dakota to check on titles on a number of property deeds for a mining company. And what happened next is a matter of some speculation. I saw some sources that say that Charles Rushmore was walking with a guide named William W. Chalice when they walked close to a mountain. Rushmore wanted to know the name of the mountain, and Chalice, as a joke, said... Never had any, but it has now. We'll call the thing Rushmore. But other stories exist, too. I found another source that the mountain was originally called the Slaughter Mountain, and that Charles Rushmore had done so much hunting in the area that he joked that it should be called Rushmore instead, and the name stuck. Though we couldn't find an uncontested fact on how it was named, it was definitely named after lawyer Charles Rushmore. And when Mount Rushmore was being sculpted, he donated $5,000 to the project, which is close to $70,000 today. One of the biggest obstacles in construction of the monument was lack of funding, so I imagine that his money helped a lot. Well, it probably wasn't a hard decision for Mr. Rushmore. What do you mean? Well, if you are rich and someone says, hey, that mountain that was named after you, well, we're going to carve four presidents into the side of it, immortalizing them... And your name, by extension, would you like to give us some money for the project? Would you hesitate to open up your wallet? Ah, point taken. <laughs> In all serious um, seriousness, <laughs> I, I think uh, we need to go back to before Mount Rushmore was even named Mount Rushmore. Agreed. Uh, and I think we need to talk about the Lakota Sioux Native American tribe. Yes. In the Treaty of 1868, the Lakota Sioux were promised a mass of land that was originally theirs and that would remain theirs forever. This included the land that Mount Rushmore is on today. The United States government honored that treaty until in the 1870s when gold was discovered. They took the land from the tribe. Then the terrible came. If you are not familiar, I invite everyone listening to look up Wounded Knee in December of 1890. I will warn you that it is a very violent and sad piece of history, but it is, of course, important. If you're looking for a source to look up, uh, Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee by D. Brown. That's the book I would recommend. Uh, D. Brown is a fantastic historian, and I'm looking forward to reading his other works. 
One of the things we should point out is that it was actually a historian who started the entire Mount Rushmore endeavor. Doan Robinson was his name. Now, you spell that D-O-A-N-E. I think it's Doan. Well, uh, what he wanted to do was carve statues into needles uh, in South Dakota, uh, but uh, those are those are also in the uh, the Black Hills. The needles are eroded granite pillars, towers, and spires. In my opinion, they look a bit like a mythological castle from afar. I think if you look at them from far away and you squint, they kind of look like people. They look like rocks, John, not people. (laughs) Well, you really have to squint to see it. Ah. Well, um, in 1923, Robinson wanted those existing rock spires to be carved into Red Cloud, uh, Explorers Lewis and Clark, and Buffalo Bill Cody, sorry, Buffalo Bill Cody, (laughs) uh, who were monumental figures of the American West. This is true. He got the idea from Stone Mountain in Georgia, which is a pretty awful tourist attraction, if I do say so myself. It is a Confederate sculpture of Stonewall Jackson, Robert E. Lee, and Jefferson Davis. Yes, awful is a good word for it. Um, but in regards to Mount Rushmore, Robinson wanted to take the idea, which was generating tourists, and bring something similar to South Dakota so they could have tourists. So Robinson reached out to a Dutch father and son sculpting team named Gutsten Borgrum. Bor- Whoa, okay. All right. Gutzen, G-U-T-Z-O-N, Borglum, and that's the father, and Lincoln Borglum, the son, who were working on Stone Mountain at the time. When Robinson reached out, they had recently had a disagreement with officials about Stone Mountain and used this new opportunity to abandon that project. They were the ones that had to break it to Robinson that the granite that was available from needles was too poor in quality to ma- to be used in a statue. The Borgrams looked back at the work of a colleague named Augusta Rodin about the problem. After reviewing his work, they decided to get really ambitious and do a really big sculpture. And what is bigger than a sculpture that's literally made out of a mountain? The project of this scale had never been attempted, but the three men agreed and decided the sculpture should be of American presidents instead of the Western American icons. We should also point out that the size of these statues was set to be much larger. Their heads are already the size of six-story buildings. Yes, but the president's on Mount Mushmore were supposed to be carved all the way down to their waists. You can see evidence of this because an outline is visible of George Washington's lapel or collar. I don't know. What, 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 do, you, what do you call that? I don't know. Clothing under his neck. <laughs> sure. Let's go with that. You can see an outline of the clothing under his neck. The main reason that they had to just sculpt the heads was a lack of funding. They also realized that the heads looked good on their own. You know, I feel like we have not touched on the reason those four presidents were chosen. I used to think it was because those guys were on the money. Roosevelt is um not on the money. That's why I used to think that. Ah. (laughs) Well, the presidents on Mount Rushmore were chosen for specific reasons. Should we talk about them after a quick break? I think that'll work. Uh, See you soon. Okay, Mr. Tree, we are rolling and we are ready to record your 30-second radio ad, okay? Okay. 
Okay, in five, four, three. Hello, I am a tree, and I run the big old tree shop. We have a lot of fine products. Such as... Okay, thank you, Mr. Tree. Everything sounds good, and we will be sure to send it over to the station. There were four presidents who would represent the nation's birth, growth, development, and... And... Preservation. (laughs) Preservation. (laughs) Thank you. Um, George Washington represents birth for obvious reasons. Thomas Jefferson represents growth because of the Louisiana Purchase. Theodore Roosevelt represents development because of industrialization and conservation. And Abraham Lincoln represents preservation for winning the Civil War. Don't tell anyone I forgot Lincoln. Oh, I'm telling everyone. Also, this is... (laughs) Recorded, so I can just play this for them. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, the designers Borglum and Borglum physically began sculpting the mountain on October 4th, 1927. They carved it by using miners from the local area, including the town of Keystone, South Dakota itself. That's miners and not sculptors. None of them had actually sculpted before. But they knew how to use dynamite and jackhammers, so that is why they were hired. Sometimes they hired them for their baseball playing abilities as well. Oh, yeah. Um, one thing that we need to point out is how competitive all the people uh, on uh, who were making the statue were. Um, they had a baseball team, and they would hire guys that had some skill at America's pastime instead of worrying about any other quality. There were just over 400 men working on Rushmore, and they moved 450,000 tons of stone to make the sculpture. A lot of these guys were held aloft on the side of the mountain uh, as they did their work by steel cables. You need to tell them about the hand cranks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay. Uh, they could only move up and down by a hand crank. Someone else would have to move you up and down by rotating a crank, so you really had to trust the people you were working with. Yes. Surprisingly, no one died during the construction of the mountain, but unfortunately some of the workers passed away later from lung disease caused by breathing in the rock dust. They did not know how dangerous that was. Mm. So much about the project was new. Even the method of sculpting, the the, the detail work, they had this pointing machine that they would use uh, with a 1 to 12 uh, scale model that they already had. They kept having to stop production because they would run out of money and there were disputes about whether to have a hall of records. Congress said no to hollowing out the presidents so they could put up important documents inside. Borglum said yes to this idea and did it anyway. Well, it's a little more complicated than that, John. This seems to have been entirely the idea of the father, Gutzen Borglum. I'm just going to do that. Um, So originally, he had wanted to carve a description of what Mount Rushmore was into the rocks so that people would know what they had stumbled upon if they were to come across it in the future. A pretty 
presumptuous idea that he assumed that anyone doing that would understand English. Yeah, I have to agree with that. But this was his vision, and his dreams were crushed when he realized that the placement of Thomas Jefferson was not going to work. He was originally placed on the left side of George Washington when you're facing the monument, but once they began carving, they realized that the granite was not suitable, and they blew him up and started over (laughs) on the other side of Washington. Um, This was when Gutson... um, locked into the idea for his Hall of Records. He wanted to create a massive cave on the side of the mountain where historical documents of American history could be kept. Congress said no. But he started it anyway. He secretly used government money to begin to make a Hall of Records until Congress found out and forced him to stop and only allowed him to use the money on the faces of the Mount Rushmore. Uh, Goodson then passed away in March of 1941, and the partially created cave was abandoned. His son, Lincoln, continued with the faces of Mount Rushmore, which I always found funny that a guy named Lincoln carved the face of Lincoln. Hmm. Well, humor is subjective. Mount Rushmore was completed on October 31st of 1941. By completed, I mean that they were out of money and the faces were done. Oh, I, I uh, forgot to uh, to say that in uh, 1937, there was a petition to get Susan B. Anthony put on the mountain. Um, that, however, uh, was not to come about. There was not going to be a, a fifth face on Mount Rushmore. But there was a fifth face of Mount Rushmore, and it is one of my favorite stories. Oh, um, the, the face that she's referring to um, is not... Uh, a sculpture, if that was what you're thinking. Uh, in the 1950s and 60s, uh, Benjamin Black Elk, who was a local Lakota Sioux elder, uh, who would dress in his native clothing and take photos with uh, thousands of tourists daily. That's how he earned the title, the fifth face of Mount Rushmore. He was also one of the most photographed people in the world over that period of time. One of the things I really want to see is Mount Rushmore at night. You know, it isn't that dark. They actually project light onto the monument. I've seen so many other monuments at night, and I am convinced that that is the only way to see them. It'll be great to visit once it is safe to travel again after the pandemic. Well, you better hurry, because granite erodes at a rate of one inch every year, so the sculpture will only last seven million years. So you better move fast after the pandemic is over. Oh, goodness. So pressed for time. In all seriousness, they do actively repair Mount Rushmore. At first, they would use camouflage copper wire, but now they use fiber optic cable. They can make the cable any color they need so it can blend into the rocks, which I think is very cool. Yeah, and it's a, it's a very effective way of repairing uh, Mount Rushmore. Um, well, uh, that is all I have. John, we didn't even talk about the Disneylands. We can't be done. Mount Rushmore Memorial Park is about 1,278 acres, which is about two and a half Disneylands. Okay, now we're done. (laughs) (laughs) We will be back with our community shout out after a quick word from our sponsor. Hello, friends. I'm Blossom. Welcome to Breathing with Blossom. All right, let's begin with 10 deep breaths. Feel free to follow along. (sighs) 
halfway there. Yay! Wonderful. Congratulations on completing your first class. If you would like to sign up for my next class, where we dive right into the much more complex 11 deep breaths, it will be $1,100. I hope to see you there. Goodbye. Every episode, we like to take the time to research and highlight something special in the community that we're exploring. Today's community shout-out is the Black Hills Playhouse. Just 30 minutes from Mount Rushmore, the Black Hills Playhouse is a non-profit theater that presents shows for you to enjoy. They also have theater education programs. Theater camp! It's the best type of camp. Unfortunately, it is July 2020, and the Playhouse is closed because of the pandemic. But their upcoming 2021 season will include some great shows. The shows are The Odd Couple, Something Rotten, A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder, and The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. Wow, that's a lot to look forward to next year. If you'd like to support the Black Hills Playhouse, you can donate through their website or go see a show in 2021. I would definitely plan a trip to Mount Rushmore around catching a show at the Playhouse. That would be a blast. Agreed. That would be great. Well, that's all for this week. Thank you so much to our producer, Charles. Thank you, Charles. And thank you so much to our listeners. It means the world to us that you take the time to join us on our weekly explorations. If you have been enjoying this podcast, it would mean the world to us if you took the time to rate us and write a review. We'll be back on Wednesday with our next exploration. Yes, on Wednesdays, we explore. Stay cozy, and we'll see you soon. Yeah.